if you keep trying at something long enough, you will figure it out. Mm. It's just a lot of people aren't willing to put that time in. Yeah. And I say to my team, fail faster, 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 faster. I want you to fail 20 times today so that yeah. we can get to the next step and we can figure out what to do next. Because every single time we fail, we learn something new and we continually whittle down the possibilities of what will work. And I mm. think that's a really... Yeah, that's a unique process to go through and it's not for everyone, but I love it actually now. And I've been making products that are first in the world, only in the world for about seven or eight years. And it's super scary in the beginning because you have no idea whether it will work at all. Mm -hmm. And there's no blueprint. There's no case study on this business did it and this is what we can learn. Mm -hmm. But once you do it and you are alone in your market, it's really unique to not have a single competitor in the market, to be truly alone. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 155 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex. And joining me on today's show is Melissa Snova, founder of Nourished, a maker of 3D printed personalized vitamin supplements. Now, whilst the idea of 3D printed food may seem in the realms of science fiction to some, the technology is very much present and already being used. Presently, the tech is limited and relatively expensive. Using something called extrusion, current 3D printers can only handle paste or puree ingredients such as chocolate. However, technology is beginning to gain traction with users understanding how it can help meet changing needs from customers. One company identifying a use for the technology in a significant way is Nourished, which has developed a system to make personalized vitamin supplements customized to the user's requirements. Melissa says it combines customization, convenience, and new technology all in one hit. The aim is to enable people to get a faster track towards optimizing their health and achieving their goals. Previous to this, Melissa's founded the Magic Candy Factory, which let people 3D print their own sweets in near limitless designs, which you may have seen earlier this year back in January on Dragon's Den. Now, before we dive into this fascinating chat with Mel, a quick reminder of the contest we're running throughout the month of August to win tickets to this Autumn's Entrepreneur Summit 2019. So this week, we announced another amazing speaker, Camilla Ainsworth, the youngest ever finalist on TV's Apprentice program, hosted by Sir Alan Sugar. Now, Camilla was the youngest ever finalist. She narrowly lost, but off the back of that, she launched Milk Plus, which is a dairy-free alternative nut milk. She's launched into Holland and Barrett. She's absolutely killing it 
in that sphere. And we're absolutely delighted to welcome her to this October the 17th Entrepreneur Summit in Bournemouth. Now, to join us, all you need to do if you'd like to enter our contest is simply write a review, take a screenshot and email it to me, alex at screwitjustdoit.org. That's dot O-R-G. I'm going to pick a couple of winners, get to hang out with me and my team for the day, get to meet all our speakers, come out with us for some food. Maybe we'll even shoot some content as well. And you get a nice big goodie bag as well to take away with you. If you don't want to enter the contest, you just want to check out who else we've got on the lineup. And we've got people like Lush co-founder Rowena Bird. We've got Piers Linney. We've got Grenade founders, Alan and Juliet Barrett. Then simply head on over to the link that I will include in the show notes on this podcast. And if you follow me at Alex Chisnell on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram, you'll see all my posts about this event as well. So moving on back to Melissa Snova of Nourished, whom I met up with in London, and I got to sample some of the 3D printed vitamins. You've got to see what these look like. Go and check out their website. Nourished is spelled with a three instead of an E at the end. So N-O-U-R-I-S-H-3, letter D. Go and have a look. They look more like a malted layered sweet than a traditional uh, vitamin pill, I have to say. Now, with three businesses to a name, Melissa is no stranger to the ups and downs of entrepreneurial life at all. And she's very much at the cutting edge of new 3D printing technology and also at the forefront of the personalization industry as well. So without further ado, let's start up. I started thinking about ways that consumers could make their own products because I used to make products in big, massive factories. Um, when I first products was goody good stuff, it was gummy candy that was vegan. But the biggest problem with that is that massive machines need loads of volume in order to be able to do something at a cost price that will make sense for the consumer. Yeah. So you have to make millions of the same thing. Mm. And that used to break my heart because I used to do sampling in Kensington High Street Whole Foods. And I would stand there and I would ask people what they thought. And every single time somebody would say, do you have this flavor? And I would have to say no, and it would break my heart. And so I developed my first 3D food printer so that that would never happen, so that the consumer could, in effect, walk into a store, make their own product, and walk out every time with exactly what they wanted. So that's the only way you're ever going to be able to solve that problem fully. So that was the beginning, and that was Magic Candy Factory. And it was a wonderful experience. It's still out there. It's all over the world. You can find it at Warner Brothers World and Dubai Mall and Third Avenue in New York. And it's a very fun, delightful and educational printing experience, but it's a novelty. So, you know, how many 3D printed versions of your face and gummy candy do you need in your life? Okay. You know, probably definitely not one a day. Okay. So I started to look at the way that the technology could be used in a really important and meaningful value add. And so I looked at what in the world really should be personalized that's not right now. Mm -hmm. And it really struck me that actually the fact that our medicine and our and our nutrition isn't personalized and that in effect the t-shirt that you're wearing is more personalized than the medicine that you take and the food that you eat Mm -hmm. you get to choose a color a cut male or female age and size with your clothes but with your medicine and with your food you get to choose basically are you an adult or a child Mm -hmm. 
one size fits all. Are you pregnant or not pregnant? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's really, that's crazy. Actually, if anything in the world should be personalized, it should be those things. So about 18 months ago, I started to work on nourished and scripted, which is the 3d printed medicine business, um, and started to develop new ways of using our tech. So, um, it really is an amazing thing because 3D printing on its own is slow, it's difficult to use, and it's really prohibitive for the consumer to use because you need to understand a humongous amount of technology. Mm-hmm. But what we've been able to do now is make a machine that combines seven different active ingredients into one daily chewable, and we can make a month's supply of it in under 10 minutes that are personally made just for you. And so we can get the consumer a totally bespoke product at a reasonable price. And I think that that's the first step. Mm-hmm. The medicine project is actually a lot longer lead time because the regulatory approvals, it's just, that's the way that that industry works. But we won the innovate UK grant for that project. And we are currently working towards our second human hospital trial with um, 14 generic drugs. And I'm super excited about that too. Yeah, that must be really potentially like, has there is no ridiculous amounts yeah. of uh, capability. Yeah. Um, we can control dosaging. We can eliminate wastage. I mean, if you think about how much wastage happens in the NHS on a, on a yearly basis, how many drugs they throw out because they went out of date, mm-hmm. how many pills get broken in half and they get thrown away, yeah. um, how much wastage there is from storage and packaging, etc. And we could literally eliminate that because with 3D printing, you only make what you need when you need it. Okay. And it's incredible that, that simple thing. Yeah. Um, and it's important for many reasons, but getting somebody the right dosage of a medication, it seems like that should be standard. But actually, you know, yeah. you and I take the same dosage of ibuprofen, yeah. the same dosage of Claritin. That's yeah. not really right, is it? That shouldn't yeah. be that way. I think the only, the only difference, <laughs> like you say, would be if my six-year-old daughter, for example, and yeah. that's literally it. Yeah. And then between, say, 10 years old and 110 years old, there is no... It's the same. It's the same, it's the same which is crazy. And the wasted, we just did one of those, oh, my wife did, should I say, um, clean out the bathroom cabinet and one of the bottles was seven years old. And I was just Ooh. like, wow, that was before one of them was born type thing. <laughs> oh, that's... just <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the idea around efficacy. So I think the BBC just did a really scathing documentary, which was correct about the fact that vitamins that you find in like the supermarket, a lot of them are, um, sorry, not the supermarket, the chemist, sorry, I just got back from New York. (laughs) The chemist um, are basically made two years ago. Or, or maybe 18 no months ago, and they have as little as 10% of the efficacy that's on the bottle. Because from the day that they're made, they lose efficacy yeah. and osmosis. Our concept, literally, we're gonna, you're going to order it, we're going to, on day one, we make it on day two, you have it on day three, and the efficacy is 99.5%. So the idea is that the consumer should actually have a much better experience and feel more benefits from having a product that's made fresh for them as well. Mm. And then because we use really special encapsulation techniques that are patented, um, it allows us to ensure that the absorption rates on the product are much higher. So it's food at the end of the day, it's a gummy. Yeah. I, I didn't show you. This is not really great for radio, but you, you want to see. That. So, and you can see in there, ah. each one of those layers is yeah. is one of the seven different vitamins oh, that you can have. Okay. Um, so okay. we have. I'm looking at the layers. 
<laughs> Sweetie. It's, yeah. and, and it's, but it's sugar-free sugar and the, oh, and the yeah. packaging that we're launching it in, if you see, so yours would have your name on it and it's plastic free yeah. packaging made from wood pulp that we buy from a manufacturer in England. In England. Yes. Okay. So that's another really important thing. I try and create products that are what I like to call bulletproof products. So it's plastic free, yeah. it's vegan, it's sugar-free, it's customized, it's less expensive, it's made in the UK, mm. you know, all of these things. Cause if you can, you should. Uh, yeah, I was literally just interviewing Julian Hearn from Huel last week um, about their um, products, and you know, literally from zero to forty million in, in four years, which is which is amazing. Awesome. Hockey stick growth, but he, he was saying again within ninety days when they realised that this was gauge stratospheric. They went, okay, so we we can use this powdered um, food to essentially be you know plastic free and help the environment. It can be vegan and you know help animals you know got that opportunity to do it yeah you're going to double down on it, right? yeah because yeah. many many products can't and so if you can you should and mm. i think yeah huel is a great business model i obviously i studied it when i was working on this uh, model because yeah. yeah i think huel is a very specific uh, solution for consumers that um are looking for a full nutritional um, convenience, right? Yeah. And it's certainly not going to replace the Sunday roast, but no. I think it's a great solution for a lot of people who don't want to eat badly, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, they get hungry and it solves the problem. And, and yeah. that's really good. I think, yeah. um, I think with our concept, the difference is that for the very first time, we're literally making this specifically for you. Exactly, rather than the one size fits all. Yeah. You can, yeah, yeah. It's really, really interesting. And nobody else doing that. No, you can't really do it without the technology that we've yeah. done unless you do it handmade. So, you know, whatever you, you. I suppose you make yourself a personalized yeah. food when you're at home. Yeah. But with this concept, we're really able to combine science with the consumer's requirements in hand. And the coolest thing I can't wait to do is, you know, normally when you launch a product, you have to just stick with it, right? That's our MVP, mm -hmm. throw it out there, see what people think. If they don't like it, we have a million bags of it we have to sell first and then we can make changes. <laughs> yeah. But with this, we have, 30 different nourishments that we're launching with. So we started with all these superfoods. But if the consumers tell us, we really wish you had whatever, I don't know, do 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 fruit, who knows what it might be. Yeah. We can add a new nourishment in 10 days. So we have this crazy disruptive wow. advantage where we can actually respond to the consumer demands and, and even really market trends in real time. Mm. And if you speak to any major manufacturer, Huel included, to do a new product, it takes at least 18 months. Yeah, so this is why they're constantly wow. being reactive and yeah, this will yeah. really give us a cool opportunity and the capex is like very low because in effect we can do our own formulation tests in birmingham that's where all of our our labs are yeah and and then we can test it out in the concept literally within one week we send it to a third-party lab to verify in the second week and then we can go and we can introduce it. We can add it to the website, add it as an option. So when you go onto our website, you basically answer a series of questions. I've written a, alongside a team of nutritionalists and a bunch of different doctors and a bunch of other scientists around um, absorption and, and probiotics specifically. This 15 question um, consultation that will basically give you a weighting on all of these, these different nourishments. And then we'll recommend the seven that are best suited to your lifestyle and goals. So in the future, we also intend to link that to DNA. So yeah. in my opinion, there's a lot of people talking about uh, blood tests for vitamin deficiency. And I 
strongly warn against this because every day, depending on what you eat, your vitamin contents in your blood will change. And in order to get an accurate measurement of that, you would have to test your blood every day for a couple of weeks. Mm. And if you've ever taken your own blood, have you ever taken your own blood? I wouldn't encourage you to do it. It's really painful. You have to stand there for ages, squeezing your finger. And, And it's not really giving you any more information, but DNA can tell us in your predispositions, which very rarely change, Things like how quickly you burn antioxidants, whether you have a higher than normal omega requirement, things mm-hmm. like that. So in my opinion, that baseline with lifestyle, things like I'm a vegan or I'm pregnant or yeah. I'm I'm running a marathon mm. and goals like I wish I had more energy or I wish I um, lost some weight or I wish I had better focus. Those three things is enough for us to give you a great recommendation of different superfoods that will actually help you to yeah live your best life is this this uh, thing that people are saying now but in my opinion, nobody in the Western world, well, very few people in the Western world are deficient from micronutrients. We are super lucky that we live in a culture with access to a very diverse food supply chain. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay. Maybe there's a couple of special ones in the UK. We have a vitamin D situation. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but in general, very few people yeah. are like actually suffering from jaundice because they are low mm. on vitamin C and things like that. But what we find is that people are actually taking supplements and vitamins in order to boost their life as opposed to fixing a deficiency. So, you know, I take turmeric and ginger when I fly because they help with inflammation when you're on the plane for a long time. And they really, really do help you feel better when you land. Mm-hmm. Um, I take probiotics because it increases your robustness of your immune system. And when I travel yeah. so much, it's really tough. I bet. Things yeah. like First that. Thing yeah. 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 And, it, and it's inherently scalable because Again, the process which you just described, it's simple as somebody going to a website and literally answering questions that you've already put together with a bunch of nutritionists. Mm-hmm. And how, what would be the timeline from somebody going to the website, answering that and receiving personal prescription? Yeah. So the UK, I love so much because our, uh, our postal service is awesome in America. It's so much slower. Right. Um, so basically if you ordered on day one, we would make it on day two and ship it on day three and you would have it by either the end of day on day three or day four. Mm, so if, to have yeah. a truly personalized product with your name on it, with that's made with to a special formulation yeah. in that period of time, I think is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and I think that once you start the subscription, you have actually the opportunity every single month to change it if your lifestyle and goals do change and then if you decided to run that marathon if you're pregnant Mm -hmm. you can change it you can take the quiz as many times as you want to and it will produce a new recommendation for you every single month if you wanted and and always always ask this question obvious one but um, as an entrepreneur are you um, invariably scared of somebody else replicating this and the competition coming in because it's one of those things that I think always with great ideas you literally go so why isn't anybody else doing this yeah. <laughs> you know it's a very good question and it's up I think about I think about a lot of things in the middle of the night and that of course is something that I have thought about but one mm. of the things that's different about our business and and other companies that I've seen, um, we're making a product that with the technology that was developed over four and a half years and that has now nine patents. And so I feel we have a a better chance than most Mm. of protecting our competitive advantage for a period of time. Yeah. 
a lot of businesses that come up with an idea, they come up with a great idea, but it's easy to copy it. Um, so eventually somebody can come behind like Uber and Lyft and so and so. And, you know, you see all these other copycats, Mm -hmm. it would be really difficult for somebody to copy this initially. Um, and I think as well, I know how hard it was to do it (laughs) because I did it myself and I did, you know, 17,000 plus tests before I could get it to work. Sent six weeks trying to get the print to print something before it printed its first actual viable product every day all day long it's maddening actually but by the time you get to the end when it actually works it is the most joyous yeah I can't explain it It is literally euphoric when Mm. it finally does work because there's points at which you think it's going to work I'm never going to get this to work and I'm going to go mad before it works and I put all my money into this and I can't believe I did this and what did I do and then when it does work you're like oh my gosh and in a way a lot of people aren't suited for that kind of a process a lot of people can't handle it it's Mm -hmm. very very trying on your mental capacity Um, and you have to really every morning wake up and go come on again again and so for those reasons i tell my team i have a couple team members who are in charge of r&d at the moment and they get quite depressed you know when it's not working Mm -hmm. and i said you guys when it doesn't work you're depressed and i understand because i've been through it and i've done it but you know what it makes me feel it makes me feel good because it makes me know that anybody trying to come behind us will struggle yeah And we'll probably give up or we're not going to give up. Mm. And so if it was really easy to do what we did, I would feel more frightened. Yeah, because you haven't had anyone blaze a trial and you can follow that blueprint, for example. Uh, And I always think back to like James Dyson. And again, I don't know the figures, but him doing his first, I think it was the vacuum cleaner. And again, it was it was like. I was telling one of my, my eldest daughter this, you know, it's just some kind of like life example to get her through doing homework or whatever it was, but it was literally like, he, he you know, 10,000 or 100,000 iterations in his garden shed of trying to make this 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 cylindrical vacuum cleaner yeah. work, you know? Yeah. And it's, it is, it's some, it takes a humongous amount of uh, positive attitude and, um, can, well, commitment because most people will just give up the passion that you have to have for your idea in order to continue through that mm. is, is what separates people from, yeah. I had an idea once too. Yeah. Eventually yeah. I did it. If you keep mm. trying it something long enough, you will figure it out. Mm. It's just a lot of people aren't willing to put that time in. Yeah. And I say to my team, fail faster, 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 faster. I want you to fail 20 times today so that yeah. we can get to the next step and we can figure out what to do next. Because every single time we fail, we learn something new and we continually whittle down the possibilities of what will work. And I mm. think that's a really, yeah, that's a unique process to go through and it's not for everyone, but I love it actually now. And I've been making products that are first in the world, only in the world for about seven or eight years. And it's super scary in the beginning because you have no idea whether it will work at all. Mm. And there's no blueprint. There's no case study on this business did it. And this is what we can learn. Mm. But once you do it and you are alone in your market, it's really unique to not have a single competitor in the market to be truly alone. Mm. Um, and, and to be able to, and once you do that once or twice, it's not scary anymore. It's extremely exhilarating. And our like mission statement at Nourished is we will never again do anything that anyone has ever done before. Hmm. And this is the idea was we don't want to create me too products. We want to create really disruptive solutions that 
will yeah revolutionize hopefully and, and remind me how old is is the technology then that you're u- utilizing before um with the, the candy with the sweets so i started doing um the sweets at the end of the year in 2015 so about four years okay. a little bit less than that um and that base technology like we submitted our first patents at the end of 2015 but the base technology is just the beginning and we've just submitted four new patents and the technology has moved on quite a lot, the hardware mm-hmm. patents. And this is all being done by, you know, a team of young people in Birmingham, which I also love. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're sourcing all of our packaging and everything in Birmingham. And I think in the beginning, the funny thing is like the patent that I, that I, that we did for this ingredient, I came, we came up with that blend of ingredients and basically a process of hypersuspending a hydrocolloid bond and pectin in order to make gummy 3D printable fast because normal gummies take around two to three days to dry. So if you see like Percy Pig, he yeah. laid in a drying room sleeping for two and a half days before he was ready oh, to right. shake out. And you had something to do with that, did you not? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, and, well, with 3D printing, can you imagine if I put a recipe like that in a printer, it would make a puddle. Yeah. So I made that original development in order to 3d print shapes like cars and the eiffel tower and stuff but now that we have that base technology we've been found loads of other amazing applications for it and i think uh, that's yeah. the way that the process works mostly is that you start with one thing and then eventually it turns and morphs into something totally different yeah um, but you had to come that way in order to get there yeah, yeah. And, and have you done this on your own or have, did you look for help to start with? I No, I didn't do this on my own. I mean, the ideas were mine for sure, but... Yeah. Um, it just sounds like a hell of a lot, obviously, to... It <laughs> is. Oh, my God, I could never have done it. No, with Magic yeah. Candy Factory, I had amazing help from, from Catches, who was my big investor yeah. in that business, and also their team. So um, their head of R&D, Bulente Dean, is the... the he is, in my opinion, the foremost expert genius on earth in food technology. Um, and then with now, with my current um, operation where we're developing mostly the software and hardware, and I have an incredible chief technology officer called Martin Catchpole, who came to me directly out of university. It was his first job with Magic Candy, and now he is the CTO and he's a shareholder in Remedy Group. So, yeah. I'm re- and also, I just have an incredible team full stop. I've had the same team with me for the last three years and everybody who was from Magic Candy has now come over to Remedy and they're just, I can't tell you how grateful I am every single day to have them with me. I would never have been able to do it without them. <laughs> and a, qu- a question I wanted to ask is something like this you think which is dangerous to think about possibly that everybody is your customer. <laughs> yeah. I but know. where do you go with that? <laughs> it's right. It, it is right. And I think, um, that's absolutely the issue is it's the same thing with um, with the printing technology in itself. So when you have a 3D printer, you can make anything. Mm. This is an interesting thing. Mm. We used to say to customers, you can make anything. And they were like, anything? anything. It's like, yeah. I'm paralyzed by that. I can't figure that out. And it was about focusing it down and saying, you can make this, this or this. And, mm. and really, that's not true. You could make anything, but it was easier for them to wrap their head around. Yeah. And so one of the biggest things we've been doing with the Nourish concept is thinking about who has the highest need for the product. We're not trying to convince people that they should take vitamins. Mm. We're trying to create a better way for people who already take vitamins and supplements, who are already interested in these types of products 
products to have a better custom solution, which is better for the environment, etc. Yeah. And when it comes to medicine, it's a totally different situation. When I'm trying to convince different people about the reason to believe in it, the NHS it's an easier one because I can say it's going to eliminate wastage and save tons of money on top of all the other stuff. That's going to be a huge benefit to your mm. patients in America. It's trickier because the industry makes money out of wastage. And so the wasted cutting wastage is not a selling point in that market. Yeah. And we have to come up with different reasons to right. believe. Yeah. And, there, and I believe that the applications are still very robust in the business model and the reason to believe is there, but it's just very different because mm. You know, you talk about private and, and public purse healthcare, and it's totally different reasons mm. that they make decisions. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes total sense because you, you, if you're targeting people who are already taking Ooh. rather than trying to educate, yeah, it's going to be a much longer game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you can get traction quite quickly. I think so. Mm. I think um, you know, in the UK, the numbers it varies, but it's more than half of the UK takes vitamins yeah. every day. Yeah. And I think that the, the shift now to like superfoods and nourishing yourself from the inside, mm. I think a lot of people are talking more about that than ever before. I think even four or five years ago, people talking about their health at a dinner party would have been so weird. And mm. people do it a lot now. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'm doing this. And, you know, I ran this so-and-so. And I think it's almost like um, a positive status uh, yeah. to know about your health, to be informed, to be caring about it to be putting time and energy into it which will be great for the public health over time also mm -hmm. but it's a great opportunity for us to be able to say okay you already care and here's another solution that is really you know bespoke to you hopefully yeah. that's going to suit your needs yeah and it, yeah i think that that's a that's a really positive thing in our culture. Brands like Huel are benefit from that. You know, people are being more active. Um, and I think also what you're seeing is that whereas women for a long time in a negative way, in my opinion, were focusing on dieting. Yeah. I don't look how I want and I need to make it right. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. You'll never see a diet, that word anywhere near my products. I find that whole industry disgusting. Yeah, I, I was like <laughs> a nutrition plan rather than diet because I, I don't feel comfortable. Certainly I don't need to diet to why I want to use that yeah. word, do you know what I mean? I don't feel comfortable using that word. The whole connotation about mm. you're not good enough will fix you, but we'll never fix yeah. you good enough so that you don't need to buy more stuff from us because <laughs> then we would put ourselves out of a job. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because if that's just, that whole thing actually worked, then so people would only have to do it one time. Yeah. But um, no, I don't agree with it. But I think that women have been focusing on their nutrition for a little bit longer, but all of a sudden now, men are also doing it in a big way. And that's showing the biggest growth, I think. And mm. I think that's then created creating a totally mutual conversation across both sexes, across all different parts of society. So at work, at a dinner party, obviously when you're talking to your fitness instructor. Yeah. Um, and I think that that kind of sharing and the amount of stuff on the internet is just creating this really nice momentum for health and wellness. Yeah. And um, again, I suppose you, 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 I, I totally believe you, you make your own luck, but timing is um, is key often and like what we were just talking about do you think there's probably never been a better time to launch something like this <laughs> um I do think that timing is super important and I think that I know that better than most people because I tried to launch a vegan gummy candy in 2010 
And I remember like yeah. the buyer from a major multiple supermarket was like, Mel, no one cares about vegan. Huh. <laughs> and oh, I was wow. like, they will. Um, and so I had to change the way that I messaged it. And it was like gluten-free mm. and halal and kosher and all these other things. Yeah. But um, I do believe that timing is everything. And I think that... Um, I think that we are super lucky to be able to launch a product like this in the UK, which is a fantastic place that supports, you know, innovation led businesses mm -hmm. and to a market that is really keen on the kind of thing that we're about to offer. Yeah. Um, we didn't do it purposely that way. I didn't time it like that. But I think that, yeah, I do think that the timing is right. And I think that we are also for the American market about right on the time too yeah i was going to say to you was there a reason for picking the uk market rather than us market um just a lot easier because of that fda or oh no it's nothing to do with that um, and yeah. the efsa rules in the european zone which is what garnered the uk are much stricter than the usa <laughs> way stricter right. so we always live by efsa rule and then whenever we go to america it's quite straightforward um but in general the reason i do the uk first is because a it's our home market and we invented it and developed it here and it deserves to go here first mm -hmm. uh, secondly because the UK market is a fantastic beta market for the US because it's smaller, 60 million people instead of 300 million. Um, you can geographically reach it faster, shipping, things like that. You can you can yeah. solve problems easier um, and it will allow us to practice and fine tune the concept and then we'll go to the American market in quarter one slash two next year. Okay. And, and then do you think, so um, scalability wise you just take it on a country by country basis and have to look at the logistics of the postal service and that kind of yes and i hope that that's not going to be my job at that stage because <laughs> it is right now no. but um i think what we'll do is the coolest thing about nourish is we build the printers that make the final product so in effect what we'll do is we'll go to the next market america and we'll set up local manufacturing so we'll put printers there and we'll hire yeah. local people to make that product for the local market. Yeah. I remember hearing a story about, um, oh, what is it called? The little snack boxes that used to get to your desk. Grace. Right. And they used to make them here and ship them to American desks. And I, but I mean, but I, maybe that was cheaper for them. I've heard crazier yeah. things in my life. Yeah. But this is really cool because we can actually work locally. We can have local supply chains in each individual market. So mm. we'll do that in the U.S. Then we're going to go to the Middle East at the moment. That's the one that we think is the best uh, third target. And at the end of the day, I'm just not keen on approaching the European market until we understand what's going to happen there. Because mm. it's we've made this product is 97% sourced from the U.K., so yeah. the packaging, all the base ingredients, all of the machine parts, everything that we need for it for the UK market is from England. So it's Brexit proof, no matter <laughs> what happens. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's smart. And I think that we wait and see what happens before we talk about which other additional markets um, mm. and whether Europe is even the right decision, because I don't know, you know, I would say that Europe likes vitamins and supplements less than, yeah. than uh, Canada, America, yeah. Middle East and the Canada. UK. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah I, I interviewed uh, Grace um, for, the, for the podcast actually is one of the most popular episodes, funnily enough. That we had, and, and I think you, you might be right. And when they did finally launch full time in the US, you said they got they got hundred thousand customers in in ninety days, which is just you know nuts. And they have that ability because they built the actual factories there then yeah. to change the boxes because yeah. all of a sudden they realised 
that the US audience didn't necessarily like eating the same stuff as a they regular. They definitely don't. Yeah, no yeah. surprise there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's right. You're able to turn it. I can't remember the time scale he said, Anthony, but it was quite a quick turnaround for a company you would have thought is not that agile, but I guess going into a new market could still potentially be relatively small and agile yeah. to be able to do that. But yeah, the coolest thing about the printers is, um, you know, this table that we're sat at was called a six foot or um, two meter table, could hold three of them. And each one of them is their own miniature factory. So we yeah. can, in fact, make a ton of product in a very small footprint. Whereas in traditional manufacturing, you need these humongous lines and all these really, really big and massive vaulted ceilings and stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't really need that. So we have the ability to set up, I don't know, a production facility with 10 in a really small area. If we find that whatever, Oregon is like a little hub and they love it, just yeah. throw 10 printers in there, put a micro team in there to do that fulfillment mm -hmm. so that we can continually minimize yeah, carbon footprint and all of those other things but in general it's also cheaper for us and it's better for the consumer yeah and um just to, to finish up um is it live at the moment or are you going to go it's not live yet it's going live at the end of august so it's a little ways in the future but we will be doing um subscriptions i think you can sign up from the middle of july okay. and we're doing freebies i think for the initial step to get people to try it and also to give yeah. us feedback because yeah, yeah. we actually can do something about the feedback mm. yeah <laughs> and what's um last question what's uh, a couple of mind. um don't worry what, what's, what's your biggest frustration right now then if you're this close to to launch What's keeping you awake at night? <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many things. I'm, I am, I'm a, like we were talking at the beginning before we started uh, recording. I'm, I don't want to be a micromanager, but I'm a micro worrier. I mean, I worry. And I think that's why I do a good job of managing because I think of a lot of things that yeah. a lot of people wouldn't think of. I'm worried that it's going to be too busy. I'm worried it's not going to be busy enough. I'm worried that we won't be able to get enough labor staff. I'm worried that the we'll run out of film too quickly. I'm, and then I'm worried, um, you know, that we will run into the issue that the website crashes and, you know, like there's all these yeah. little things. But in general, the thing that I found the most frustrating is this business has so much potential and and we basically had to do it. We just finished a, well, we're in the middle of a seed funding round. I've never done anything like that before. That is not something I was used to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had no idea. Honestly, mm -hmm. I read some things on medium. I'm like, that sounds like it's quite exaggerated. And no, they were absolutely right. It's like, you, you will want to die. No, it's not, it's not true. You don't want to die, but it is grueling. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that full time pretty much for like the last few weeks. And now we have, we've exceeded our target. I'm so happy. Uh, everything's great. I, I, I'm a different woman now. Uh, um, but I, but waiting for that funding to get the additional equipment in right. is the only thing that's prevented me from launching right now. And so that annoyed me yeah. a lot because it was out of my control. But now it's over and I really believe that my team has done a great job. There's a ton of really great people coming in to help us and uh, we're hiring actively and we're, yeah, I'm really excited. Awesome. And um, if people want to find out more? Getnourished.com. Awesome. And if they want to join the team, because it sounds like you might need them, yeah. go, go to the same, same website? Same website. If they go to um, About Us, there's a Join Us and Career Opportunities page on there, and they can check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much for your Wonderful. time. Wonderful. Thank you.
So a couple of things just to pick up on that Melissa said there. Um, love what she says to a team. Fail fast. This might be an antithesis to some people, but I, I highly subscribe to that because as long as you're learning from it, of course, if you fail and you don't learn, then you're just going to keep on making the same mistake, surely. But by failing fast, it clearly enables you to move on to the next thing, the next challenge, um, and keep iterating until you get it right. Um, if, you, if you're not going to fail, you just keep plugging away, plugging away and never actually failing, then that's going to lead you down all sorts of rabbit holes. Um, love the fact that she's unafraid of the competition. Um, so many times over the last few years, getting people who are looking to start businesses coming to me and asking me to sign NDAs and all sorts of things before I even look at what they've got proposed because they're scared of somebody stealing the IP, stealing their idea and not just stealing it, but going out and doing it. And my argument always was, I'm really not interested in signing any of these NDAs if you're so um, hung up on somebody starting the business instead of you, because how many people do we know that would say, oh, I thought of that idea when it's a, you know, Airbnb or if it's um, something else, you know, very similar to that. But in reality, everybody's so busy with their own stuff, nobody has the time to do replicating anybody else's business. The chance of that happening is so minute, it's not even worth thinking about. And the last one is thinking about who has the highest need for your product. Again, seen so many business plans where people put down their target audience as everybody. Clearly, that is not the case. Um, but in something like this, when it comes to vitamin supplements, hence my question during the chat with Melissa, was that in theory, this could apply to absolutely everybody out there. So um, I really liked her answer about choosing who has the highest need for your product. That's something definitely worth thinking about if you're one of those people who thinks that your product is applicable to absolutely everybody out there. Well, then focus down and think who has the highest need at that moment in time for your product. So we enjoyed that one. Um, final reminder, contest is running throughout August to win tickets to Entrepreneur Summit 2019. Get to hang out with me and my team for the day, meet all the speakers, grab some food with us, um, and have a pretty awesome day here in Bournemouth on October the 17th. All you need to do is leave a review, take a screenshot, and email it alex at screwitjustdoit.org, and we'll enter you into the competition. And we'd love to meet you and see you here in Bournemouth at the event. Have an awesome week. If you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK. Pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. 
you don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it just do it hashtag but if you do i promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks i'm at alex chisnell on linkedin twitter and facebook plus at alexander chisnell on instagram alongside the screw it just do it facebook page this houses the screw it just do it community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you. If you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org, I promise to reply. Just give me a little time. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screwitjustdoit to enter. Just do it.